Leadership is not a place. Leadership is not status. Leadership is not a position. Leadership is a lifestyle. And here's the reality. You don't determine if you're a leader. The people around you determine if you are worthy of that title. You have to earn that. You don't find it uh, by getting this name tag on a door that says CEO. That doesn't mean you're a leader. Who you are means if you're a leader. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. Here. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Today, we have all the way from Vancouver, Canada, we have Sam Thiera, and he is going to tell you all about himself and all of the amazing things that he is currently up to. Take it away, Sam. Uh, well, thank you so much, Charmaine. And it's a pleasure to be here and uh, to be able to, to share insights. And I always find the easiest way for me to describe myself or to introduce myself is there are five things that guide and direct me in life. Servant leadership, story sharing, activator igniter, champion enabler, and community do-gooder. Those five things have enabled me to help individuals, teams, organizations, educational institutions, and nonprofits to their pinnacle best. But it's also helped to make me, over the years, a speaker and a storyteller, author and writer, now a screenplay writer too, a mentor and a coach, as well as a problem solver, educator, entrepreneur, and a community activator. But all of those things resonate around those five things that make up my foundation. But the whole idea behind it is to serve and to share what I have to support and help other people in their life and journey. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So we're always very curious how people get on the path mm -hmm. that they are on. Uh, oftentimes there is something pivotal that happens that makes them want to do what you describe, right? Because it's a very altruistic thing that you're describing. You know, you're, you're talking about putting out positive energy to make a change in the surroundings, but we don't, we aren't born that way, right? We no. usually, there's some event that happens or some series of events that happens. And oftentimes they are involving some semblance of fear. And so we're really curious as to how you got on this path and how you got this mission that you're currently on. Absolutely. I mean, I would say growing up, it was no different than anyone else. I think we all have a narrative that we've lived, which is in, you know, preschool and kindergarten. We were asked a question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, we pick these honorable jobs. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a teacher, a doctor. 
a, a fireman, all of these, you know, positions. And then, I don't know, slowly practicality sets in. And next thing you know, we are just, you know, in the stream without a rudder. And I remember I was in university <clears throat> eventually and trying to figure out the journey. Sat at graduation. And I graduated with a degree in business and political science. And this idea of, okay, I'm ready to graduate and get out there and, you know, get that job, get that corporate job. Because that's what I was gearing myself towards. And I had this, uh, I walked across the stage and this giant virtual door slammed behind me. And I thought, okay, <clears throat> I have to start looking for work. So I did what we were normally prescribed to do. You start applying for jobs. But I had this idea of, okay, who's lucky to get me? Degree in business and political science. What a great combination. I sent out 12 letters to different employers looking for work. Said, okay, which one of you is going to be lucky? Two weeks later, a letter arrived. And it was from one of the employers. And I opened it up and it said, sorry, we don't have a job for you. Good luck in mm. your search. It's like, okay, hey, you know what? You're not lucky. But you know what? I've got 11 letters out there. You know what? I'm going to do three more letters today. So, Charmaine, it became like the tide. The more letters I sent out, the more letters came back. And what I have is 86 rejection letters. And these are letters that I kept. And it's literally the size of a brick, about as heavy as a brick. But these are 86 times that I was rejected. And all of a sudden, it was like a shift from, you know, who's lucky to get me to, am I lucky to get a job? Wow. And, you know, it, it was one of those, you know, every single letter suddenly became a nail in my coffin of self-confidence and this idea that I was not ready. Well, I finally did get my first job. My first job was an entry-level government job and it made sense, business and political science. I was a janitor mopping floors and emptying rubbish bins in a hospital, which was a government employee job. But here's the thing, three things that I gained from that, that still carries me to who I am today. The first thing, my father said, I don't care what you do, you do the best job possible. And you know what, there was no floor cleaner than at the end of my shift, no rubbish bin left full. Second valuable lesson, I get on the elevator with nurses, doctors and administrators, and I'd be ignored. I know what it feels like to be ignored because you're not a professional. You're a janitor. We have nothing in common. But you're part of the team. It I doesn't know, matter. They didn't, they didn't see that. And oh, that's sad. That's so sad. They talk to themselves. They don't acknowledge you. And you're in the back. And you're just sort of standing there. But the lesson I learned from that, Charmaine, is I'm not going to treat people like that. Every single person that I will encounter and meet, and it doesn't matter who you are, I'm going to talk to everybody. But that's a lesson I learned from that interaction. And the third valuable lesson is that in anything we do in life, there are lessons to be learned. Like you pull and you can gain from these obstacles or these situations. And, and it's about a, a growth and a learning mindset. And that's what I pulled. All three of those things carry me to who I am today. But the interesting thing, if one of those letters would have materialized, I wouldn't be with you today. My life would have gone in a different trajectory. I look at those letters. Majority of those companies no longer exist. I still do. I outlasted these companies. 
we are resilient people. That's how it all started for me. But the fear that I had was that I wasn't ready. And, and eventually, okay, you know, you know that things are going to improve. And I did, you know, work in retail for a year. You know what? I could do it. It didn't fit. And I got a first corporate job. And again, that I could do that corporate job. But you know what, Charmaine? It didn't fit. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The moment, and like you talked about that fear was like, being in that unknown, just, you know, being like a leaf in a stream, the stream was guiding me, but I was not guiding it until the moment I stopped thinking about what I was going to do. And I started focusing on who I am. Once I focused on who I am, everything shifted and changed and clarity emerged. That's what the journey was. And it's carried me to who I am today. There's a lot more to add, but I thought, you know what, if you might want to add something here, it's up to you. Yeah, no, no, that's fantastic because, you know, there are so many, so many pearls in that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, our parents, I mean, I'm sure you probably, your parents probably said to you at some point, you know, yes, a door may close, but another one that is better for you is going mm-hmm. to open. So I love that when you were telling the story that you said that a virtual door closed behind you Mm -hmm. as you were getting done with your university and you were about to embark into the real world. And, you know, then you had, you're immediately struck with a pretty important life lesson. You know, you, you're, you're at your pinnacle of confidence when you're leaving school, right? You're, you're at the top of the food chain there. You, you probably did very well in school, you know, all these things you're, I'm a smart person. As you, as you phrased it, they are lucky to have me. And then to have letter after letter after letter come through and none of them having a positive outcome that can definitely shake you. And it it speaks volumes to the fact that you were like, okay, no troubles, no worries. This, this is probably not the path, but my dad did tell me that whatever I do, I do to the best of my ability. So I'm going to do this thing right here because there are lessons to be learned here. And indeed you learn some very valuable ones and um, that clearly has shaped your path. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, some, some of us would have been thinking, oh, I, you know, I have a university degree, I have a dual degree. At, 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 in fact, there's really no reason for me to be cleaning rubbish and cleaning floors. But, but, you know, there is, there's absolutely no shame in that nope. occupation. Absolutely none. And, and so when you said that you were on the elevator and no one was yeah. talking to you, that really hit me because I remember... You know, I would always, I always talk to everybody. Like when I was a resident doctor, I would literally talk to all of the staff, no matter who they were, whether they were environmental services or clerk staff or didn't matter. I talked to everybody. And let me tell you that just that simple act of just saying, hello, how's your family doing? That made the day their day and that yes. allowed for us to have a incredible team effort they actually saved me on occasion right mm-hmm. they were like look we're gonna tell you right now this is what's going on because this is co- upcoming or this this, this is going on in that patient's room and i don't think the nurses have noticed i mean yeah. these are the things that the environmental service staff will clue you in on yeah. because they feel as though when you acknowledge them as a person that they're part of a team because they are part of the team. Because if the beds don't get turned over, if mm-hmm. the room doesn't get clean, guess what? A new patient can't go in there. Yeah. 
So right. I think it's sad that, you know, you experienced that. And I am hoping that things are different today, you know, from, from, from that perspective, because every member of the team is important. And, and it's so important to acknowledge that because every job is important from the yeah. person that's sterilizing the surgical equipment. That's important because that reduces infection, right? Totally. To the person that is like, doing the laundry for the hospital that's important because you need to have scrubs you need to have you know you need to have linens you need every job is yeah. important and yes. and so you should be respected for that and so i just it just made mm -hmm. me a little sad when you said that i was like oh my god and i just think about my mom always telling me she'd mm -hmm. always say you know what you say hello to everybody just say yeah. hello to everybody because you just never know mm -hmm. how that one interaction, how that one hello can completely change the trajectory of a person's life. Right. You just no, never it, know. Charmaine, even today was a prime example. I taught my class today at university and in my office hour, a student came and sat down. She's going through challenges and struggles. We didn't talk about academics. We talked about life. We talked about so many deep purposeful mindfulness and self-care pieces. And at the end, she said, I actually feel way better today now. But awesome. I know. That's but awesome. see, the thing is, you create that space where she felt comfortable. She said, you're the first person that I really felt comfortable that I could come to your office and I could sit down and talk to you. And when she was leaving, she said, I'll see you next week. I said, in class, she goes in class and back in your office next week as well. And I was like, OK, that's great. Just something that uh, she needed. And um you know, it was great. Like just the fact that we were able to have that conversation. I mean, and fortunately I did, I did have a hanky with me and there you go. It was like, here you go. And I handed her the hanky. She was like, are you okay with that? And I said, yes, use the hanky because, you know, she was tearing up and you know, what's going on in her life. But uh, I mean, we, we have such an opportunity to engage in the conversation. And, you know, um, I just got back from Ottawa our, our, our nation's capital. And I spoke at a seminar on mindfulness and self-care. And one thing I shared with at, at the individuals there was, I mean, you just look at even how the pandemic has greatly impacted every oh, single yes. person oh, on yeah. the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And I, for me personally, it was like, I came up with this um, thought and idea of, okay, how do I work my way through this? But then how can I help individuals teams, organizations, educational institutions. And I came up with this idea that I share with people that I say, we need to care. But what care stands for is collaboration, adaptability, resilience, and empathy. Those are four words that to me are critical at this point in time, because collaboration is, what is it that I have that uh, you know, that I can share with another person and we pull our resources together and we can create great things together. Adaptability means, you know, how I'm doing things. Don't fear change. Change is inevitable, but embrace the change and focus on that. Resilience. I mean, this isn't over next week, next month. It might take longer than that. And you know what? Let's run this like a marathon. And empathy. We don't know what people are going through. Do you know what? Just be present, help and support people because you don't know what they're going through. So don't make judgments and assessments. Make yourself available. So we need to care right now. 
Love it. I love that. Yeah, no, it's, um, it is quite real. <laughs> the, the duration of the process of this process that we're currently, I call it a process because I feel like yes. it's, it is, um, it's molding us to become yeah. something and hopefully something greater than when we started out. But, um, yes. you know, it, it, there's a lot of pressure that goes into making a diamond, right? So sometimes yep. you got to feel that intense pressure to come out on the other side, you know, as a shiny thing that is valuable. Yeah. So um, it is, it, yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love that. I love that mm -hmm. you made it into an mm -hmm. acronym. So, and then, and that it does indeed require mm -hmm. something that we need to do, which is care yeah. for each other. So not as fantastic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show, and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. So tell us like what, um, so you talked about how you will share your expertise with organizations and corps and, um, and the like, and then you just were in the Capitol speaking to individuals about mindfulness. How are, I mean, how can people get in contact with you or learn more about the work that you're doing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what's interesting is it's all been, like you said, a process. I mean, university, I was awkward, shy, and quiet. And then, you know, you, all of these things you pick up along the way has made me what I am today and, and helped me, but uh, it's about that clarity, but people can uh, find out more by visiting my website and it's www.sam-thiara.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Instagram and Twitter. So those are places, especially if you go to my website, there are about 185 blog posts available to anybody, uh, all about uh, different ideas and uh, thoughts. Uh, the latest blog post I wrote about was about how uh, we need uh, calm and sense. And it leads to common sense, but we have to be calm and have sense. Uh, that blog post was about, um, you know, challenges that we face when you have logic and emotions which are they have to be in balance but when emotions rise we're no longer logical so that's a blog post i just wrote about you know how do we show more empathy in that uh, space but those are the ways that people could reach me website linkedin instagram and twitter fantastic fantastic mm -hmm. that is awesome and you know i am a very interested uh, you know so we heard we heard your story up until when you made the yeah. transition, right? So you 
Um, you had that year where you basically went into the cave, man, yep. went into the cave and you came out <laughs> hero's journey. And so then you had that uh, brief stint in retail and then ultimately um, the, that final job yeah, that you corporate. were in. Yeah, yeah. In corporate America, corporate Canada, Canada. <laughs> corporate Canada. Yeah. Um, and so then, so then tell us, cause now yeah. you're, you mentioned that you're a professor. So tell yeah. us like how, how did sure. that come about? Well, what was interesting is in the corporate job, think of it this way. I always say that um, I look around and think of a, a career as a suit. And I looked around and everybody around me was wearing a 52 short suit. And I'm a 42 <laughs> regular. So think of a suit as a career. And you know what? Yeah. I could wear it. It just doesn't fit. And that's when I realized and made that transition from what to who. And then I tailor made my suit. I tailor made my career. And I jumped into a position which was um, corporate communications in road safety. And all of a sudden, I was like, man, I'm having so much fun. Awesome. And I did that for six and a half years in the company. So six and a half years of something that just didn't feel right. I could do it, but it just didn't feel right. It was a 52 short suit and then a tailored career. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I love going to work on Mondays. I, I hate great. to say it. I was even told <laughs> by my employer, you need to curb your enthusiasm because people around you don't like their job and you're not making them feel too comfortable because you're having too much fun. Oh, gee. I know. <laughs> So, and the best part of community relations is the, the less you see me in the office, the better job I'm doing, because I'm out there doing the corporate community relations stuff. Well, you know, they offered a buyout to every single employee. They needed 850 people out of 6,000 to leave. And I looked at it and people said, of all people, you're the person that shouldn't leave. Great wages, great benefits, pension, uh, it's government work, stability. And Sam, you love your job. And if you leave, you only have a severance package and no job. But Charmaine, here's thing, two things that just popped in my mind. And I'm looking at this computer screen and a, my cursor's down here and the window's there. First word was comfort. Do you know what? We strive for comfort. But the problem with comfort, we stop growing as an individual. Yes. Even though yes. I, loved my, <laughs> I loved my job, I stopped growing. And the other part was uncertainty. Because if I, if I leave, there's uncertainty. I don't have a job. By staying, you know what? 850 people out of 6,000 leaving, they could move me where they want. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I control my uncertainty. You don't. I, I pressed the button and 100% of the people told me you're making the biggest mistake of your life. You're, you have everything. You've just given it away. To what? You don't have anything if you leave. No. Now, but I thought <laughs> about this. I mean, it wasn't like I just pressed the button, walked off a cliff, and then that's it. And right, okay, we'll right. see. No, I mean, I knew who I was now. Well, two months later, I'm working on the bid to get the games to Vancouver, the Olympic bids. So I was yes. working on the bid. And what an amazing project that was. Because we won it, and we hosted the 2010 Winter Olympics. And I got to work with some of the, the, the most amazing dynamic people. It's the best team experience I had, even though we worked ridiculous hours. I can imagine, yeah. But, oh, it was it was amazing when the games actually happened to be there to say, you know, I had a hand in bringing it here just really was something significant. And then, you know, uh, there were only two things I wanted to do. One was to work on the Olympic bid and the other one was to work at Simon Fraser University. So I applied 
a few times and never heard back from them. And then finally one person's, you know, but I was volunteering. And I remember, a, you know, my, a person that I was, uh, that when I was volunteering, she talked to the people there. She said, look, has anyone ever talked to Sam? Like this guy keeps volunteering and he keeps applying for jobs. And I don't think he's going away. And, uh, <laughs> Persistence and <it> was, pays. <laughs> oh, Charmaine, do you know what? When they contacted my reference from the Olympic bid, she basically said, you better hire this guy. He only wants to work for us and he wants to work for you. And he's finished with us. He's coming for you guys. Just hire him. And um, but, <laughs> but when I got hired by the university, I walked in and I didn't tell him what I was going to do. I told him why I wanted to be there. And the job was in student engagement for our business school. And the idea was students were coming to school, going home. There was no reason for them to stay. There was nothing mm. that held them there. And, you know, for me, it was more like, you know what? Yeah, there's the academic component, but do you realize it's not about the GPAs and transcripts? It's about what employers are looking for is the soft skills, the, the, the yes. things that you really need to build in. They can fill all of that stuff, the technical stuff, but you need this stuff. So I, I was hired to do the student engagement piece. And again, I did that for eight years. And oh, my gosh, I had so much fun doing that job. Uh, you know, and, and building those relationships and, and meeting these young people. And I just was in an element and an environment. Well, after I started working on a master's, I thought, ah, maybe I'll do my master's in leadership. Uh, my associate dean came and tapped me on the shoulder. And he said, Sam, you do realize if you have your master's, you could become an instructor. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I became an instructor and I left the position and moved into teaching, which I, which I really do enjoy as well, because um, to be truthful, I don't like the marking. It's the other. Oh, stuff well, nobody, I, nobody likes that part. Oh man. <laughs> which after we're done this call, guess what I have to do? Um, you have to do some marking. I know. But, um, <laughs> but the, the idea though was, uh, and then I also started a nonprofit to help these young people in life and career became an author and all of these um, you know, speaker and uh, storyteller, etc. You know what? These were not things that I had ever envisioned. But the interesting part was those five things I shared at the beginning of who I am. That's what I used to determine if this is something I should be doing. Teaching, it's five out of five. Being an author, it's five out of five. Uh, speaker, it's five out of five. And it just keeps on like anything and everything I now do. I'm not willing to compromise those five things. And those five things guide me into opportunities and opportunities materialize. So that's how I got into the teaching side. And you know what? Um, I have a lot of fun teaching my class today. It was on leadership and followership and the students were asking all these questions and uh, wanting to learn because there's the prescribed idea of leadership and, you know, we're teaching them to be leaders. But I said, no, nah, but what does leadership really mean? And then they started using these beautiful words. I said, no, that, that's not leadership. Who wants to be a leader? And all these hands go up. I said, no, you can't be a leader. They were like, but that's why we're here. I said, no, leadership is not a place. Leadership is not status. Leadership is not a position. Leadership is a lifestyle. And here's the reality. You don't determine if you're a leader. The people around you determine if you are worthy of that title. You have to earn that. You don't find it uh, by getting this name tag on a door that says CEO. That doesn't mean you're a leader. 
who you are means if you're a leader. So that's what I was teaching. And every lesson I give them, I say, but here's today's takeaway. And also back, goes back to the janitorial job and all of the things along. I said, here's the thing. You think followers is a, either a derogatory term or insignificant, uh, you know, they're subordinates, et cetera. I said, no, no. Followers. I mean, we spend 95% of our time trying to understand leadership. Yet 95% of the people may be followers. I said, let's respect the followers. They're not sheep. They're not yes people. Followers are people that are going to compliment. And they will step into leadership roles as well at times, depending on the process. So that was today's lesson about, you know, and they walked away going like, okay, this is stuff I'm going to learn and I'm going to keep with me. And when I get into the environment, I'm going to remember this, that, yeah, leadership is not a position place. Leadership is a lifestyle. And I'm going to have to treat people with respect. And then that's where it emerges. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Because, uh, yeah, <laughs> all the things, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because people give themselves the appellation, but they never realize, like, what does it really mean? I mean, you have to work hard to serve the people who you're leading, right? I mean, that's like the whole thing. A yeah. good leader is not gonna be just like sitting in behind a big desk and putting their feet up on the, the desk, you know? But they're gonna be out there in the trenches with the Absolutely. people figuring out what, how do we, how can we make, how can we make our team more efficient? How can we make it so that we can make a bigger impact? Like that's what a leader does, you know? So it's, it's, it's an action based, uh, position more so than just, you know, saying that that's what you are. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And so they Mm -hmm. just think that, you know, they've arrived once they become a leader, but they don't understand that that's when the real work begins is when you (laughs) take on and, that <laughs> and, and and the fact that you you know you may call yourself a leader but the people around you may not even see you as that capacity yes and yes. Uh, and that's where it goes back to exactly what you said is this you know roll up your sleeves uh, you know walk the talk I mean this is what's really important in uh, in that perspective is the fact that you know don't go for the title don't go for the ego go for the fact that you can make a significant contribution and difference. And that's what uh, uh, needs to be really uh, promoted or understood. And I mean, I get a lot of people who, I mean, it's been about 5,000 conversations to date to help people in life and career, but a number of those conversations also start out with, Sam, I want to be a leader. So I'm like, okay, why'd you come to me? You're like, (laughs) you're a leader. I said, okay. And And I always go into a questioning mode what makes me a leader? And they use these beautiful words. I said, okay, do you know what? None of those things make me a leader. I said, there's only one thing. They're like, really? Yeah, well, only one thing. They lean forward as if I'm about to give them that one thing, the success. And they lean forward. I said, actually, it's followers. I don't determine if I'm a leader. They do. And they were like, and I've had people say, okay, how do I get more followers? I'm like, oh, you don't get oh, this, dear. do you? <laughs> <laughs> I know it is, <laughs> you know. Um, oh but then there's also, but to be fair, Charmaine, I am surrounded by greatness. And it goes back to what Sir Isaac Newton said. I've been able to see far because I stood on the shoulder of giants. I have spent and dedicated so much time and effort to support individuals in life and career, not 
looking to see what do I get back out of it, I am surrounded by greatness. And, uh, you know, I left that corporate job or the corporation, even with the six and a half and six and a half. Do you know what I left about 21 years ago? It's felt like five years. I've had wow, so much fun. Wow, that's quite a while. <laughs> oh man, it has. But you know what? It's felt like five years. It's yeah, been that no, much good. fun. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. You know, this has been such a really uh, great conversation. I believe that. I, I don't believe this. I know this. Um, the tribe is definitely benefiting from uh, your words and your sharing. And so I really, really appreciate that. You. you know, um, we do have a tradition yep. on the show, right? Uh, are you ready, Sam? Are I am ready? ready. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Here's the first one. If I am fearless, I will. If I am fearless, I will. I'm going to live in fear, but not the fear that you think. Fear to me is forget everything about regrets. And what that means is, you know what? Um, situations and things may occur. I'm not going to dwell. I'm going to learn but forget everything about regrets. And let's move from a, a, a mindset of regret into a mindset of opportunities and possibilities. Love it, love it, love it, love it. To me, fearless mm -hmm. freedom means? Um, it means embrace the obstacles, don't fear them. I mean, I thrive in ambiguity and uncertainty. And you know, it's a, it's a place I realize not a lot of people are comfortable in, but surprisingly that's where the magic lies and you know what as long as you are able to um, embrace those obstacles it's going to uh, it's going to support and help you but you got to be mindful and you have to have curiosity to look for those nuggets of information that are that are gifted to you yeah no, no that's, that's great that is great and last but not least my battle cry is obstacles are the necessary bricks on the road to my success. I don't fear the obstacles. I actually welcome them, whether it's the letters I shared with you, whether it's setbacks. I don't have any failures. I have setbacks. They're the same thing. Failure is final. Setback means it didn't work out. I get back up, dust myself off, learn from it and move forward even stronger. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> you are speaking my language. I love it. Awesome. Oh, that is fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. Yes. Now, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. And I know that you have to go back to marking after this. <laughs> so we definitely appreciate it. Um, you know, thank you so much for your time and for your expertise and for sharing with the Fearless Freedom Tribe today. Uh, well, I appreciate it, Charmaine. And like you say, I hope that there were nuggets. And I leave your audience with this quote that I live by. Everyone's life is an autobiography. Make yours worth reading. We are all living stories. You know, there is magnificence in everything that we do. Let's celebrate that. Fantastic. All right.